There's a cheesy country song by Tim McGraw and Faith Hill that I used to like for some reason. It goes something like this. You know, I need you like a lighthouse on the coast, like the Father and the Son need the Holy Ghost. And of course, it's terrible theology because nobody needs another person like the Father and the Son need the Holy Ghost. But it brings up that great question. Why does the Father and the Son need the Holy Ghost? Why do we have a trinity and not a binary God? And there's something beautiful about this God who is three and not simply two. When you think about it, you can never really have two. It's written on everything in nature. You know, as soon as you have one thing, you have only one thing. As soon as you have two things, you have the one thing and then the other thing. But then you also have to have something between them that truly makes them distinct things. You have the one, the other, and the two together. That itself makes this third. And indeed, this is the definition of the Holy Spirit that we're handed on by the fathers of the church. They say that the Holy Spirit is the very love of God, is that very bond between the Father and the Son. And that bond is so strong that it is another person. And the image we're given in human terms, another sort of Trinitarian image, is the image of a father and a mother. That bond between them is so strong that it is another person. It is a child. A child is the very love between the father and the mother. And so this becomes a sort of metaphor then of our God, who is love who is communion, who is three. And that threeness is imprinted on all his creation. Again, it's imprinted on the family. We are made in his image and likeness, but it's really imprinted on everything. There is a spirit that exists between all things. One way I like to think of it is, you know, you have, you have oxygen and you have hydrogen on the other hand, and you bring them closer and closer together, and this sort of spirit takes over, transforms them in a ball of flame, ball of fire, tongues of fire, as it were, becomes this new third thing, is there because of that spirit between the two. And so also, brothers and sisters, you know, why we need the Holy Spirit is because there's so many other spirits that are tugging on our hearts. When we approach something else in this world, this sort of spirit arises between us and that thing. And it's not always the Holy Spirit. Indeed, the goal of the Christian life is to let the Holy Spirit in, so that whatever we approach or whoever we approach, it is the Holy Spirit which is between us, the Spirit of God's love. But often it's not the case. I think especially of people, you know, you approach someone, you can tell what kind of spirit is between you guys. Is it a spirit of friendship? <laughs> or is it rather a spirit of anger? Maybe there's something that they've done to you. A spirit of shame, perhaps. You're ashamed of something that they saw you do. A spirit of just confusion or of ignorance. You don't know that person. There's nothing between you. And so today on this Pentecost vigil, to ask the Holy Spirit to come and renew our hearts, renew those, those spirits that exist between us and other things, give us a new spirit. Uh, to do this, I think a lot to a very profound thinker on spiritual healing. His name is Bob Schutz you don't know his name, it might be good to know. He gives lots of great advice in books, in retreats. A lot of the priests of our diocese have gone on a retreat with him. And his 
teaching on these spirits that exist between us and other things. He calls it, at one point, the anatomy of a wound. You know, we are wounded so much. We have wounded spirits that we act out of that woundedness. Whenever we approach something, that wound sort of acts up. He says it this way, you know, we can be wounded in our hearts whenever there's this lack of love that ought to have been there. And so going back, you know, to the very first wound, to Adam and Eve, there was this wound placed in their heart when they reached out for God, thinking that God wasn't going to provide for them, that God wasn't going to give them everything, that God didn't have their best interests at heart. And so they were wounded. Because of that wound, this spirit crept in. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was a spirit of distrust, a spirit of shame, sort of a spirit of lies. You know, the devil is the father of lies. He instilled that spirit upon them. You certainly will not die. God knows very well. And so, so often we cover up the wounds of our own life with lies. I remember this wound very distinctly. Maybe this is sharing too much, but as a high schooler, you know, I had a girlfriend. This was back when I liked cheesy country songs. And, you know, she, you know, broke up with me, yes. But I remember the words she said. She said, you know, you're kind of a spiritual midget. And that hurt me. You know, I'm a big guy, strong guy, right? So there's that wound, right? And I covered that wound with lies about myself. Kind of wounded the very image I had that maybe, you know, I can't be loved, in the way I wanted to be. Maybe I am unlovable. So we tell those lies about ourselves to cover up that wound. And then not only that, but then we add a spirit of a law, kind of covers up that lie then. So we make rules about our life to help defend that wound so that no one can get in and touch that space of our heart that's been wounded. And so I, you know, told the, the lie to myself, okay, well, if people are just going to hurt you, if you let them in, get close, then I'm never going to get close to anyone ever again. It was plenty obvious in my high school days. I was acting out of that wound so much. And that was the spirit that I approached everyone with, was the spirit of, I don't want you to get too close. Because when you're close, you can hurt me. But of course, this is no way to live. This is no way to live in freedom. So thanks be to God for the Holy Spirit really coming into that wound, letting that spirit come and cleanse those lies, you know, telling me the truth, that I am loved beyond all imagining, uh, telling me the truth that it's okay to open up your heart, and it's even okay to be wounded from Jesus' own wounds. We have been healed. And so, brothers and sisters, you know, whatever your wounds are, uh, whatever those spirits are that tug at your hearts, you know, you can, you can know them when you pay attention to when you approach certain things certain people, certain activity, you can feel those spirits acting on you. Is it the Holy Spirit? Or again, is it those lies that we've convinced ourselves of? That we're, we're no good, we are not enough, we are alone, we are insufficient. Those are the lies of the devil. And instead, you know, invites the Holy Spirit, the law of the gospel of Christ, this law which doesn't make these rules that close us in on ourselves, that lock us into that sin, but that opens us up to the new potential in the Spirit, to the very potential of God. And so come, Holy Spirit, renew the face of the earth, descend upon each and every one of us, show us those places in our heart that we are wounded, that we have that shame, that confusion, that anger, that unforgiveness, 
whatever spirits cling to our hearts, Holy Spirit, we ask you to destroy those bonds and instead make new bonds of love and of communion. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.